going to be an awesome study. The question was, uh, one of the questions we had was, what about Job? Or, you know, if God, you know, is real, then why did he let all this stuff happen to Job? Or all kinds of stuff. And there's probably a lot of questions like that. So today, we're going to attempt to study the scriptures, you know, like the whole Bible. <laughs> Pretty much, just a summarized version of the whole Bible. Um, to describe why things happened in the Old Testament and why they offend us so much. And so the, the title of our message today is God's Integrity. And uh, basically a study on the covenants of God, Job, and redemption. So we're going to begin with explaining the promise of God. First of all, God is not a liar. Okay? So if something happened that supposedly came from God... It must have been promised beforehand. God never does anything without promising it beforehand. Okay? If you study the scriptures, for instance, the flood. Uh, when the flood was sent, it was prophesied. God spoke it, said they're, they're doing evil. I'm going to pass judgment on the whole earth. And they didn't repent of their sin. Therefore, God fulfilled his promise. Well, same thing with um, the redemption story of Jesus. Because people couldn't get their act together, he said, I promise I'm going to send an answer to the problem. See? And then he sent Jesus, who was the answer to our problem. So, number one, we always have to remember that God's not a liar. Number two, God is not on trial. Number two, God is not on trial. We are on trial. We're the ones who sinned. We're the ones that caught. Listen, if we ever start putting the finger on God, we've we've committed the sin of, of, of Adam, just we're now hiding behind something else. We're not hiding behind our wife, but we're hiding behind, well, if God, you know, it's the atheist excuse. Remember, God is not on trial. God is the judge. But what we want to do is we want to become the judge. You know? See, that's the problem with eating of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. All of a sudden, in their mind, they began to think, I know better than God. Mm. Which is a real big problem. It's foolishness when you um, think that you're right in your own eyes. A fool is right in his own eyes. In his own eyes. Fool is right in his own eyes. We have to remember that God is the author of all truth. God is the author of all wisdom. So if we're going to become wise, we must submit to God. Even if it doesn't make any sense. We have to understand that God, he hangs the entire universe by a string from his pinky finger. You know? <laughs> he is infinitely wise. With that in mind, you know, it, if you can just get that... <laughs> if you can get that, you can understand it. It can help you a whole, whole lot. If you can just realize how insignificant you really are compared to God. That was the whole point of Job. When Job comes in and it says, man, if you could just read chapter 40, or what is it, Job chapter 40? No, 41, I think. <laughs> how, if you could read Job chapter 41, and and you would you would be blown away by the humbling conversation that Job had with God. <clears throat> you know, so number one, God's not a liar. Number two, God is not on trial. 
Number three, God is infinitely wise. And he doesn't say anything he doesn't mean. And he doesn't say anything he isn't willing to, to follow through on. Okay? The word of God, the scripture says that God has put his word above his name. He cannot break his word. Okay? This is powerful stuff. He cannot break his word. He cannot break his word. And everything God has always done, God always is working toward redemption of his creation. Even if it looks bad. Always working towards redemption of his creation. Even if it looks bad. For instance, one example of this is whenever they were walking around the Red Sea, God said, go back, turn around, go back. They went back to this place called pi Heroth, which means the closed-in place. It's the hemmed in, they were hemmed in by the desert. And Pharaoh said in his own wisdom, look, the Israelites are trapped. They've been hemmed in by the desert. We're going to go get them. So they go get them, not knowing that in God's perfect wisdom, he was setting up Pharaoh. He put them in a place of depravity, in a place that looked like there was no way out. He parted the Red Sea, created a way out, said go through. They went through. Then the idiots of the Egyptians decided to follow them through this parted Red Sea. Dummies. You know? <laughs> and then the sea comes back together again and destroys the Egyptians and the Israelites are saved. So, perfect example of how even in your darkest moments, you looks like you're going to die... God might have put you there on purpose just to set up your enemy. Mm. Mm. That's a good, good word. Okay? In fact, he always does that. If I'm put into a bad place, and if it's from God. Now keep this in mind. They heard God turn around. How many bad situations have you been in that you heard God say, I put you there? Rarely you don't hear that because normally it's not from God. Normally it's self-inflicted. The bad situations we're in, we're normally are sick, are normally self-inflicted, or normally they're from the enemy. They're not set up by God. But sometimes God says, "Go here," and you're like, "That doesn't make any sense, God." If God says, "Go here," just prepare for a miracle. Prepare, get ready, because God doesn't take you to a place of impossibility without providing a way to overcome the impossibility. Now, the enemy might put you in a place, a bad spot. Doesn't mean you don't have victory over it then. Because see, God has given you victory. It's so good. We can't even get to that right now. We've got to go through the, through the covenant. So, All right, check this out. So, if you can remember these things, God's not on trial. God's not a liar. God is infinitely wise, and God always works towards redemption of his creation and those who love him. If we can know those four things, it helps us understand some things. It helps us understand um, that God is a good God. He's a shepherd, you know? And if he ever was to lead us to a place of impossibility, it was only to destroy our enemies. Okay? It's good stuff. Okay? Hmm. All right. Fool is right in his own eyes. So, all right. So we're going to start out with the covenants of God. Listen, to understand Scripture, we must understand the Word of God. It's paramount. To understand uh, God's promises. 
It is paramount to understand God's promises. If you do not study the scripture all the way out, and then you read something out of the Bible that looks all messed up, you're going to get really messed up in your brain. Because you're like, how could God do that? Because the God that you understand is only part of the Bible. You don't understand the whole of scripture. You don't understand what he had said back then. You don't understand that they had broke covenant. You don't understand that they were violating something that God had said don't do. Okay, a lot of times. So especially in uh, the Mosaic Law, you see a lot of times people just dying a plague like crazy. We're going to go through some of that today. Uh, why? It's because they were disobedient to the Lord. God said, if you, just, if you, don't, if you do this, it's going to happen. You know? And so they just, they just did exactly what he told them not to. You know? Don't stick your hand in the garbage disposal. Here, I'm going to put my hand in the garbage disposal. And then your hand gets all screwed up, and everybody wants to blame God for it. Because God knows, if you stick your hand in the garbage disposal, your hand's going to get screwed up. But so they think because he said that, that he did it. He didn't do it. He said don't do it, and they did it anyway. They brought a curse upon themselves. Okay? We have to understand that. Uh, and, and also there's spiritual implications above just cause and effect. God obviously has set laws in place, and God's not a liar. That's good. All right. So we're going to start with we're going to start with the six major covenants in the scriptures. Six major covenants in the scriptures. Okay, number one is Adam, the Adamic covenant. I don't know if that's really how you say it, but that's how I'm saying it. The covenant with Adam. So. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. 1, verse 26 through 30, okay? <clears throat> then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, watch this, and over all the earth. So it wasn't just over animals, it was over all the earth. So God said, we're going to give them dominion over all the earth. Okay? Dominion over all the earth. So this was part of the blessing of God. God said to them, I'm going to give you, man, authority and dominion over all of the earth. It's all of, all of it is yours. All of it is yours. Okay, so I have a question. If something bad happens in the earth now, whose fault is it? Ours. Ours. If we have dominion over the earth and something evil begins to happen, who's to blame? It's not God. It's men. Mm -hmm. Why? Because you have responsibility. The first thing we want to do, though, is, is not take responsibility and say, big government, it's their fault. We don't blame Obama. You know, we want to blame George Bush. We want to blame whoever's in power. Trump. But the truth is, we've been delegated authority. Oh, God's in control of everything. No, he's not. He gave you control over everything. He gave Adam control over everything. Dominion over all the earth. So, immediately, the buck does not end with God on this one. Now, man will give an account to God. Why? Because he has dominion. Mm. And who gave him that dominion? God. God. 
So God gave man authority, therefore he gave authority to man to make decisions. When man makes evil decisions, they are held accountable to God. Because God's above man. Okay, why? Because he is the king of the whole, all creation. But we are the rulers of the earth. Okay, it's good stuff. Alright. Mmm. Mmm, it's good stuff. <clears throat> so God created man and his... Mmm, wow. It's good stuff. And the angels are have dominion over the heavens. Okay? Just so you know this. Angels have dominion over the heavens. Now there's all kinds of heavens. There's the sky, this atmosphere that we breathe. Sound travels through it. This is good stuff right here. Okay. <laughs> Sound travels. If you can control the airwaves, did you know that anytime you want to destroy the enemy in an army, in, in the military, you disrupt their communication? Mm. Did you know that the word angel is messenger? Okay. They're the ones who carry your prayers into the heavens. And they're the ones who carry the answer back. This is why when Daniel was praying, I think it was in Daniel 20, I don't know, it was Daniel something. And he says, the moment you prayed, I was sent. 28 days ago, you've been praying. I was sent right away. But then I was hung up by the prince of Persia. Who was the prince of Persia? It's not a person. It was an angelic being. It was the one who had dominion over Persia. But what did he control? The scripture says, can you look this one up for me? He's the prince of the air. Baal. Huh? Baal. No, no, no. I, I need a scripture reference. He's the prince of the air. Satan is the prince of the air. This is good stuff. So, he's a messenger. He disrupts communication. You know why communication is so important? Faith comes by hearing. Mm. So, if he can control and disrupt communication, if he can... If he can take dominion over the air, which is a heaven, a type of, a type of the heavens, there's three levels of heaven. There's the sky or the atmosphere. Check this out, guys. Sky and atmosphere. There's the heavens, which are the which is uh, space. The stars. Ephesians two. Ephesians two. Uh, can you read that thing to me? trespasses and sins in which he once walked followed, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Mm -hmm. So, it talks about the spirit that's the power of the air. So, the spirit which work is at the work of the sons of disobedience. Why? God, if, if the devil can control the atmosphere, spirit realm, okay, talk about that, right? Breath, ruach, spirit. Y'all following me? Mm -hmm. If he can control this part right here, he can control your faith. 
which is key to unlocking heaven on earth. Deception. All right, so this is why he becomes the... Mm, man, y'all done got me messed up here. Jesus is too awesome. Over all the earth. He gave dominion of men over all the earth, but the devil is in control of the... In Ephesians chapter 2, he says, the prince of the air. Watch. If he can control the air, he can control what you believe. If he can control what you believe, he controls you. If he can control you, he controls what you speak, which also comes back into the atmosphere. If you bind, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Mm. What you bind on in heaven will be bound in earth. It's good stuff. See, the thing is, we have this spirit, which is the Ruach, which is the spirit of God, which we had in us. When we stop submitting to that, we started submitting to a different spirit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's good. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jesus is awesome. We started submitting to a different one. Well, check this out, guys. Over all the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Subdue it from what? So why would you need to subdue something that was already in control? Still have to fight for it. Yeah. I have another theory. Devil was already here, baby. Man, mm, darkness. Mm. Golly, Jesus is awesome. See, you were on assignment from God. Adam was on assignment from God to subdue the earth. To subdue the earth from what? Not being in control of God. It's good stuff. Something, something's powerful there. And have dominion over the fish in the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every uh, living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seeds in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Guys, check this out. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And darkness hovered over the abyss. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's awesome. That word for darkness, uh, Wehosek, the only other time it's mentioned in the Bible, like that specific darkness, which is like the utmost darkness, the complete and total absence of light. The only other time it's mentioned is in Job, when the Lord answers him. And he uses the analogy in 38, verse 19. Where is the way to the dwelling of light, and where is the place of darkness? Wow. That's pretty good stuff. Darkness, dude. Listen, you were called to subdue the darkness. That's why he began with, let there be light. Mm. And this light was the light of man. John chapter 1. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, I think we're done. <laughs> <clears throat> this light was the light of men. But, the, but they did not. Let's go to John chapter 1. What was that scripture you just quoted? Uh, Job 38. John chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness to... Watch this, guys. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were, were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life 
the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but, became, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world would not, did not know him. He came to his own. His own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And the scripture says that heaven will be lit up by his glory. Yeah. Check this out. Man, this is so awesome. So this is so cool, dude, because the abyss is often translated as hell. It's the place of darkness. It's the grave. It's the buried place, which is where Jesus went when he died. Scripture says he died. He went into the pit. You will not abandon my soul. You will not abandon me to Sheol. You will raise me up, the scripture says. The darkness is not overcoming. Death could not hold him because he went into the darkness and shone the light, resurrected, comes back. And then he says, you are now the light of the world. You are the light of the world. It's good. You're the light of the world. <clears throat> Check this out. Genesis 2, 16 through 17. The Lord commanded them, the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge... Of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. <coughs> oh, Jesus. Why did God put a tree in the middle of the garden? I think we done answered that, maybe. Listen, God don't put you in a place. He don't put you in a place of impossibility without giving you a way out. Yeah. That's misquoted, but we can go over that. Can you find that scripture? That's not true, because God always gives you something that's way too big for you. Ah. It requires faith. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we will quote the real scripture and bring light to that here in a minute. Jesus is too awesome. Check this out. Genesis 2, 16 through 17. The Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of the tree, right? You may surely eat of every tree. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Alright? This is so powerful. You know, why does this... I always... You know what? I found the answer. I found the answer to one of my big questions I've always had. The scripture says, Go into all the world and preach... To creation, the gospel of Jesus. Hmm. It wasn't just for men. All creation. All creation. First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen. What ten? Ten, uh, 10 thirteen. <clears throat> Let's go to that one real quick. 
Actually, I mean, 12 through 14 is really the best. Alright, so, this is right here. Therefore, let, no, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has t overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's good stuff. In other words, we have dominion over it. There's some really deep stuff here. Check this out. John chapter 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. According to the scripture here, when we submitted to the other spirit, besides the Holy Spirit, we become slaves to the ones we mo we, whom we obey. Romans chapter 6 verse 16 says, Do you not know that you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves? If you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness. Luke chapter 4 verse 5 through 7 says, And the devil took him up, that's Jesus, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me. And I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Who gave him dominion over all the kingdoms of the earth? God. God didn't give him authority. Oh. Man. Man gave him authority. Oh, okay. He forfeited his right to rule when he submitted to the backstabbing devil. In, you'll not die. Broke covenant with God and entered covenant with the devil. Contract. See? We're talking about the very first contract. Boom. You know? You won't die. Believe what I say. So, right at that moment, when they submitted to the enemy, the enemy took all that belonged to them in a moment. This is why everything became hard. It was already a done deal. It wasn't that God now cursed them because they disobeyed him. It was a matter of fact. You obeyed the devil, this is what you get. It's the same problem with the Israelites. Whenever they wanted a king. And God said, I don't want you to have a king. I want to be your king. If you put a king above you, he's going to take all your livestock. And he's going to tax the crap out of you. He's going to take everything that belongs to you. Everything that you have now will be his. That's what a king is. But see, God is a good king. If he's ruling and reigning in my heart, then he empowers me. Yeah. Whereas the devil just wants to control me with fear. See? Good stuff. We became slaves. I haven't even gotten to the first half of this page. How far are we at? The time? Uh, 27 minutes-ish. Jesus is awesome. <clears throat> Golly, it's going to be awesome. Jesus did not argue with him when he took them up on the hill and said, all these kingdoms have been given to me. The devil was right. Jesus didn't argue with him. But he knew the right way to bring it back to his dominion. He says the word says only to worship God alone. So he chose to worship God alone instead of going the quick route. 
Yeah. The actual temptation was, you don't have to go to the cross. Because mm. now he is king of kings, lord of lords. Ah! Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. By who? God. And he bought it back, legally. Mm. The wages of sin is death. Yeah. So when Jesus died for us, he bought back our authority. Mm-hmm. Actually, he bought back authority for himself. Then a new creation was made in Christ. The new man has now dominion again over the earth. Bought by Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's good. That's why I can speak to a fig tree and it'll die. Because mm. I have dominion over all the earth. That's why Peter could walk on water. Because he had dominion over the earth. That's why I can throw an axe head in the, in the water and throw a log after it and make the axe head float. Because I have dominion over the earth. That's why we can part the Red Sea. Because we have dominion over the earth. <laughs> wow, there's so... <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I have dominion over the earth, baby. I had a pastor friend from the Philippines go, when I'm working in the field. Yeah, he used the Filipino accent. When I'm working in the field, in the hot, the sun is blazing on my head, and I'm it's super hot because I'm both. And I see a cloud. I speak to the cloud. Cloud, you come here. You give me shade. I'm the son of God. And it has to obey me. And it comes over here and gives me shade. Pastor Jess. Pastor Jess. He says, oh, you all getting, uh, you Americans, you're getting bitten by mosquitoes? <laughs> hey, no mosquitoes, they don't bite me. What? Yeah, when a mosquito bite me, I curse it and it dies. <laughs> 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 he says, and you know, all the mosquitoes are flying in the air. And they go, hey, let's go get Pastor Jess. And the one in the front says, no, we can't go get Pastor Jess. If we go eat Pastor Jess, we're going to die. That's why I don't ever get bitten by mosquitoes no more. <laughs> oh man, that's good. This guy named John G. Lake. He saw many people die. He prayed for them and they died. But he was pressing forward in his faith and believing God no matter what he was seeing. He was trusting God that he had authority over the earth and authority over sickness. And he says, I'll. So eventually, all of a sudden, his faith exploded, and he started seeing miracles like crazy. He had a healing house. People come to his ranch or whatever in Africa, and they would just lay on the ground and get healed. And it was a healing home, you know? So he went somewhere. I went to Washington or something like that, and the, the city was like the healthiest city in the world. And they brought, he said, look, I'll prove to you that um, sickness can't exist in my presence. Yeah. And so they put bubonic plague, or whatever, not bubonic, that's not bubonic. Black plague. What is that? Bubonic. That's a. That's, a, that's what black people talk. <laughs> Ebonic. What is it? What is it? Am I saying it wrong? I might be messing it up. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The stuff that was carried around in rats in England and it was killing everybody. The bubonic. Bubonic. There we go. Something like that. I don't know. So he put a sample of this stuff in his hand and I put it back on the on the on the little tray and put it on the microscope <laughs> and they watched it die. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. It's amazing. So, my point is, dude, in Christ, dude, it depends on where your faith level is. You know? 
Do you believe that you have authority over the earth? Wow. Do you believe it? Or do you doubt it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. It's awesome. That's strong. Check this out. Which is why persecution is so dangerous, because it's from men. That's why there's no protection from... There's no covenant in the Bible that says you're going to be protected from persecution. Because men have authority. And if a man comes to persecute you, it doesn't mean you can't walk through walls like Peter. Because he has authority over him, over creation. <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, Jesus is awesome. Genesis 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly? I don't think we even understand that. Life abundantly? How about walking through walls, shaking off vipers? Praying to the Lord to save whole ships full of people that disobeyed your, your, your warning, your prophetic warning. See, here's something I'm going to challenge the thinking. A lot of people think that prophecy has always got to be positive. Well, that's highly contradictory to the scriptures. If you study the scripture, the majority of the prophecies, the vast majority, over 80%, maybe 90% of all the prophecies in the scriptures are negative. But they're also positive. Because they always preach about repentance and how if we'll turn away from our evil, then the good, then God will relent from the disaster that has been sent on us. So there's always a dual, a dual side to prophecy. Okay? Always a dual side to prophecy. Just because it's negative doesn't mean it has to be negative. Okay? There's always a positive outlook if they'll repent. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Jesus is awesome. <clears throat> Alright, so, where are we at? The yeah, well, we're talking about prophecy too. Okay, so, even in the New, the New Testament, you see prophecies of you know, what Agabus or Ananias, the guy who prophesied about about Paul being arrested, said if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to be arrested and you're going to have shackles. Everybody getting all mad at him. Hey, don't be prophesying that. That's not good. It's the truth. He went to Jerusalem, got arrested. You know. You know. And but my point is, dude. I mean, there's so many cool things. So check this out. So Romans chapter six, verse sixteen. You do not know if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves. You are slaves of the one whom you obey. Luke chapter four. We talked about how Jesus, how the devil says, I've. All the kingdoms have been given to me. How does he have the kingdoms in his hand? Because of the atmosphere. He disrupts communication. If he can speak lies into the king's ears, he can control a whole nation. You see? This is why the prince of Persia... Why? The prince of Persia was over the domain of Persia. So he would whisper into the ears of that king. You see? All right. That's good stuff. All right, Genesis, no, 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are from God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. All right, so we know, and other, other translations say, that he's under the persuasion of the evil one. Okay? The whole world is being persuaded by the evil one. The whole world is being persuaded by the evil one. Or is under the control of the evil one. Okay? So that word has been translated in different ways. Persuaded implies that the devil's whispering and persuading. But also implies that he's in control as well. Okay? 
You know, have you ever heard that quote? Evil can only exist where good men do nothing. Yeah. That's what happens. When men don't realize their authority and they don't re realize their responsibility, then evil just runs rampant. Mm -hmm. Okay? Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 through 24. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you've done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and the dust you shall eat, and all the days of your life I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing, and pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. What is the ground? The ground is earth. Cursed is the ground because of you. Not that God cursed the ground, but because Adam had dominion over the earth and he disobeyed, he brought death onto the ground. You see? The earth was now cursed. The earth. This is so powerful. The earth. You know, God was you know, Adam was made from the earth. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Cursed be the ground because of you. Where you at? Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth uh, for you. And you shall eat the plants in the field. God's not sending this upon him. This is just the way of things. He said don't eat of it or you'll die. So what happened? Abundant life quit. I came to give you life and life abundant. In the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Why? Because there's a new king now. God's not king of them anymore. The devil's the king of them. See? They've submitted themselves to slavery. And now the earth will bring forth rebellion. Just like they rebelled against God. It's good stuff. Every church split usually splits again. That's why the, the rates of divorce are so high because when somebody divorces and they get remarried again, their chances of divorce are even higher for the second time. Easier, easier quit. Yeah. It's because division breeds division. Mm -hmm. So the devil, who is a divider, who is the rebellion, now is ruling over the earth and now there's just more rebellion. Mm. We inherit rebellion when we're birthed out of rebellion. This is why generational curses are so bad. That's the cornerstone. The cornerstone, yeah. Yeah, the cornerstone was rebellion. <laughs> you built your house on rebellion. It's powerful stuff. All right, so take, you inherit a curse. It's, you're inheriting a curse. It's not that God sent the curse. It was inherited. Because you chose to submit to a different father. You see? Scripture says that. He looked at the Pharisees and says, your father's not Abraham. Your father's not God. Your father's the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. And a murderer. Their father was the devil. Oh, we're all children of God. No, we're not. Wow. It's powerful stuff. It's all about not knowing who your father is. The whole problem of all creation is not is a fatherless world. Having a bad father, which is the devil. 
comes back to fatherhood. comes back to shepherding. It's good stuff. Man, we're never going to get through Ad- the Adam covenant here. All right, let's keep going. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, right? Cursed is the ground because of you, and pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles. Every time the Bible talks about thorns and thistles, it's referring to rebellion. He says, if you go into, when, when they were going to take in the land of Canaan, Joshua, go in and take the land of Canaan. If you don't destroy everyone there, they will become thorns and thistles and briars in your eyes. Thorns and thistles have to do with people that are rebellion, that are rebellious. So the earth became rebellious towards Adam, who had dominion over it. This is the same reason why his wife would have desires contrary to her husband, but he would rule over her. It's crazy. Because you have listened to the voice. Okay, let's see here. Uh, shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face or your brow, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust. Hmm. And to dust you shall return. Wow. That's pretty, that's pretty, ah. You know? Yeah. Dust to dust. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat life and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. Mm. It's powerful. <coughs> God put Adam. He said, hey, let's start from square one. Go back to where you began. And work it. Now he's going back to the place of death where he came from. And he's having to work this death out. It just doesn't yield any life. It's powerful stuff. Um, there's a whole lot loaded there. I can't even go into it. we got too much to go through. Alright. Behold, the man has become like one of us. So he was like one of us. Knowing good and evil. They become judges. See? That's what a that's what a judge is. A judge knows good and good and evil. The problem is they don't have to judge themselves. They judge everyone else but themselves. So they are not in wisdom. They have they lack wisdom, see? You can have knowledge but lack wisdom. See? This is powerful stuff. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. So he took them out of the garden so they couldn't eat of the tree of life. Why? See, some people would say, Well, wouldn't that solve all the problems? No, obviously you don't have the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Obviously God had a wisdom greater than our understanding because in our knowledge of good and evil, we think that life is good. But there's different levels of life. God wasn't wanting you to have just life. He wanted you to have life abundant. And when we sin, then if we eat of the tree of life, we'd be living forever. The scripture says that it's by our death that we are free from sin. Mm. The wages of sin is death. So God says, no, you must die. See, what we think is death is bad, but truth is death is freedom. Yeah. Mm. If we would die, 
He who seeks to lose his life will gain it. He who seeks to gain his life will lose it. We're always trying to get life everlasting. We're afraid of death. Why are we afraid of death? Because we're afraid to admit that we're wrong. Yeah. But if we would recognize I am wrong and judge ourselves, we would allow... Wait, wait a minute. No, you're good. You're good. We would allow... We would allow the death to come and submit to the death to come so that we can be free from our sin. Check this out. This is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, less than a minute. That's why I had... Man, I had that written down. No! <laughs> it's in Romans. Romans, uh, look this up for me. Oh, I know where it is. <laughs> what? Glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's in Romans, I found it. Or do you not know? It's Romans 7. Romans 7. Or do you not know, brothers, for I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is now she is not an adulteress if he's dead. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bring to bear fruit of, for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which he held, that held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not the old way of the written code. Don't pause again. Listen. We're destined to die for our sin. Yeah. The reason why, I want to show you one more thing before we turn this, um, before we close out the, the, the teaching here. Go over to 1 Peter. God always takes us to a place of depravity so that he can always show himself. Yeah. Listen, each covenant built on itself. Oh. Each covenant built on top of the next one to set us up for redemption. I'm going to show you this one thing. First Peter. First Peter. Where is it at? First Peter. Verse 20. Let's go. Let's go up to verse 13. Verse First Peter, chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore. Preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. Yeah. Woo! Jesus was never plan awesome. B. Mm. <laughs> Jesus was plan A. Wow. Who through him are believers in God. This is right here. Was manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. 
having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. So to close this up, why did God put a tree in the garden? I think there's a deeper wisdom we just can't comprehend. There's something deeper. See, there was a darkness that was in the world. Covered. Covered in darkness. Yeah. How can I ever defeat darkness if it isn't given to me the authority over the darkness? How can I defeat darkness if I don't enter into a boxing ring with darkness? Yeah, that's right. See, you were destined from the beginning, from the foundations of the earth, to die and to rise again. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Hmm. Do you know that the whole world is flooded? Mm. And the scripture says that when Jesus died and went into the grave, he went into the abyss and preached the gospel to those that had perished in the flood. They saw something. Each person who was a prophetic person who really knew God or really desired God could see that God was a redeemer. We're going to see that in Job. It's powerful stuff. So that's just Adam. And there's so much there. But it explains to us why we have no dominion anymore and why the devil came to rule, came and ruled. It wasn't given to him by God. He was rebelling. Rebellion infers that it wasn't God's will. But God's not a liar. And if he says something, he can't break certain things. So if he says, so if he makes a rule, hey, I'm going to create the earth, I'm going to create dominion, give it to man. But I'm going to do a loophole here so this conniving devil can't outwit me. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll put the little trigger in the garden. I'll put it in there. See what happens. Oh, you're going to fall right into my trap, devil. Mm -hmm. Because now, who's responsible? The devil. Mm -hmm. Wow. God's perfect. Perfect. Perfect wisdom. Okay, we're going to pause there. We're going to close that out. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that this stuff will just sink in and prepare for the next teaching. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold as a Lion ministry podcast. For additional teaching, prayer, information, or support, please visit our website at www.boldasalignedministries.com. Subscribe to our Facebook for updates on what God is doing in our ministries and our YouTube page for updated teachings hosted at the Barracks Discipleship and Recovery House. For weekly refreshing word, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or Podomatic. We pray strength and blessing for you and yours and for the courage to walk boldly for God. 